Welcome to Citizen. 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 Citizen Science. Citizen Science Show. The Lake Macquarie District Historical Society, Incorporated, was formed on the 30th of November 1962 to research the early pioneers of the district. The Society's principal aim is to record, collect, protect and promote the local history of Lake Macquarie and its surrounds. I'm here with Pat Gregson to have a chat about the Lake Macquarie and District Historical Society. Pat, thanks for taking some time to talk to me today in this amazing building that you have here. Can you tell me a little bit about this building and the location? The building is the old Toronto Railway Station. The building itself was built in 1911. It's pretty old now. Um, the station is situated near the old Toronto Hotel, overlooking absolutely glorious Lake Macquarie. Can you tell me a few interesting facts about Lake Macquarie? So we talked about the Rat Mines Flying Bow Training Centre. Yes, that was been there, down there during the war. It trained pilots uh, for the uh, for the Air Force and uh, to travel on their, old, what do you call them, flying boats, Catalina flying boats. What were they? They landed on the water, took off and landed on the water. Their engines were high up above the wings, so on the wings but high up on the boat, so it didn't get wet. And that was unique to Lake Macquarie or? No, there were other Catalina stations. I think there was one down in Victoria somewhere on a big lake down there. But this one was pretty big. And this was the main New South Wales? Presume so, yeah. Also in the lake, you've got commercial fishing. So they stopped commercial fishing? Fishing about 20 odd years ago, which um, really changed the, the lake for, for the better, I think. The local fishermen will agree with that. <laughs> More fish for them to catch. Pelicans didn't like it. They didn't miss out on all the bycatch. So they disappeared a bit. And what do you mean by commercial fishing? Like, was it? They were smaller boats that used to net fish between, say, two boats and put the net out and drag it to the shore. Is that right, James? Yeah, I believe that's pretty much it. You could see them putting the net out uh, at any part of the lake. They'd put the net out and then retrieve it, sometimes to shore, sometimes to boat. You mentioned that there were some pioneers, medical pioneers, x-rays and glands. Can you explain a little bit about that? Dr Jones, Leighton Jones, and he was very well qualified with uh, doctorates in a number of uh, subjects, dentistry, medicine and surgery. He was also a licensed plumber, quoting from an article by P. Haslam. Yeah, he pioneered work with um, gland, not so much transplants, but the introduction of extracts from important glands in the body. Uh, introduced into the bloodstream of the recipient creature or person, not exactly transplant, but uh, the introduction of some uh, glandular extract. People swore by it, the success of those operations. And that was on Lake Macquarie, yeah? Down at Araring. He bought himself a uh, foreshore place at Araring and used um, employed staff locally uh, in hospitals in Morissette. You also mentioned there's a guy... Walter Filmer was a pioneer in X-rays. Yes, he lived locally here in Toronto. There are interesting people here. So what's the purpose of the Historical Society? What would, how would you sum it up if someone was to ask you, what do you do here? What we do is try and preserve the local history of local other local groups, other people and industries even, I suppose, yeah, industries of Lake Macquarie, of the, of the area. Because you said that there were organisations and many clubs, and some of those clubs had, you mentioned that they had closed down, mm. and then 
what happened is that you tend to inherit stuff. Yeah, inherit all their stuff, yes. Minute books, photographs, um, our famous black stump is here, um, and any, lots of things, banners and medals and all kinds of stuff. So would you say that they're collections? You have collections? Well, I would call everything from one club a collection, yes. it's. Um, what would those collections be? So, Well, if we could say the the black stump here comes from the old Toronto Apex Club. What's that? It's the junior version of Rotary, I think, isn't it? Or Lions Club. I think it was the junior form of Lions Club. Hey, we need some help here to sort all this out. (laughs) (laughs) And then what about, you also mentioned that there were newspapers and printed matter. Yeah, letters, diaries, maps, personal letters. Now that brings me on to another interesting topic because I'd imagine that when people want to do some digging around to find out, you know, maybe about their history or about, I guess, what would you say, um, people, like if they wanted to find out about their family history, would you kind of be one of the places where they'd go to? Yes, yes, can help them, yeah. It also, the society would help fill out their family history. They might know their mum and dad and great-great-grandfather and but want to know more about, the area of work or what the place was like when their great-grandfather lived here, things like that. And, and that's we could, we could help with that. How successful would a person be if they were to come here to ask you to help? Like, is it is it difficult to find that information sometimes? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It just depends on what you're actually after, I suppose. There's a lot of information. <laughs> There's a lot of information, yeah. Because especially, yeah, I think, James mentioned earlier on that there were manuscripts, but some of those were printed and some of them were written. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I come across them while I'm going through some of these collections, which are miscellaneous manuscripts, uh, writings, notes, cuttings, and sometimes they seem relevant to, to particular people to try and extract them and put them into a context uh, and attach them to other people, uh, to people that we already have other information on in a collection, in a wider collection. That can be very time-consuming. It's one of the things that we like to do, but it's one of the things that we find quite difficult to do. Right, so categorising and organising the items and objects and manuscripts and photographs and all those things that you have here is a major challenge, yeah? Yes, there's lots and lots of stuff. (laughs) Need to get like with like. Things seem to have got spread out over the years that, that if you want to find information on a particular school or a church that doesn't exist anymore, things tend to be in several different places. You know, the photographs are separate to info and things, and it's be really good to get it all together and, you know, make the collection a collection. So could that be like a project for like a school or a university or something? Yes. And yes. would you welcome something like that? I would with open arms. <laughs> so what would that look like? Would it be a school or a teacher coming to you to say we're interested in a particular area? Probably be on an individual basis rather than a group of people because it's only a small area here. We can't not physically fit them all in. So uh, I think if it had the in- an individual or two turn up interested in a particular area. As you've said, our bottle collection, you know, it would be good to have maybe more history on each particular item or of that of the, of the, of the bottles, you know, which is what connected you and us in the first place, you know, was, was the bottles. Yeah, 
because I've been following my nose on these bottles because I've been diving in Lake Macquarie and some of the divers have been picking up these old bottles and I was got, I got real curious about them. And I was like, well, how would you find out about those bottles? And the first place that I went is here. It's a treasure trove in here, yeah. Yeah, start diving in boxes. Yeah, so literally doing boxes of stuff. So you do have a purpose. This place is a, is is almost like a you know a signpost in the road when you want to find out something about the lake, and it's not in the general knowledge. You have a problem. One of the problems is the categorization and organization. And from a science perspective, that's what I'm really interested in. So, as a as a citizen scientist, somebody dedicating time to go through these assets to find information and then you mentioned that you're also you're not isolated right so you're connected to a larger larger region and one of those projects that you mentioned was a digitization project that was for Lake Macquarie was it? It was for New South Wales museums and galleries but it was coordinated um, by through the Lake Macquarie City Council who set up um, special photographic studio and borrowed items from ourselves and from other historical groupings around the lake and digitised those. So those are on the New South Wales Museums and Galleries website um, now, and not quite a few of them, and they're very high quality digitisation of photographs. And but how do you choose? Like, if you've got so many items and photographs and objects, how do you choose which ones to digitise and which ones not? Ideally, I imagine if we we would digitise all of the collection over time, but we chose, with the assistance of folk from the City Council, um, local history group, that uh, we would digitise trophies um, that, uh, from the swimming club, as it turned out from the Stony Creek Swimming Club, uh, not so much the Toronto Swimming Club, which was also strong at the time, uh, from... The railways history, a little bit of railways history here was digitised and some of the personal donations uh, from Janice, uh, family uh, World War I uh, history, uh, that was digitised and that's a fairly prominent piece of the, of the digitisation. Would you say that all of the objects have a story? Oh, absolutely, yes, they do. There are many stories, in fact. We've had many of the railway workers uh, who uh, were the engine drivers and guards on trains coming in to look at um, the collection that we have here and to just to reminisce about the times here. And we have a, a key from the line here where they used to pick it up at Fassifern and then drop it back at Fassifern when they returned through Fassifern. If it was missing from Fassifern, the other engine drivers would know not to come down the line because it's a one-way line. Wow, so it's like an object that... It's an indicator. Yes, yes, it's an indicator. An essential part of, of navigating single-line tracks throughout the railway system. The variations on it, I'm not the expert about that, but, yeah. Some of the more complicated lines, with a, with sing, they were all single-track, but they had spur lines, so they had an extra layer of um, paper certificates and so on that went with the key. While we're talking about the train lines, um, recently I was speaking to some people and they were saying that Toronto was a destination from people from Newcastle because they'd come here like on a holiday, bit of a oh, yeah. bit of a break 
from the city and they'd use the train, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. They'd use the train. Could be a thousand people on the train. It's an eight carriage um, length railway platform. That's a long platform. It's a, it's a proper railway platform. There are eight carriages now. You know, you go to um, you know, Cardiff Railway Station or something, it, it is an eight carriage um, length thing. And this, so was this one. So. Uh, they would come here from the beginning, yes, right from the beginning in 1891. Why was Toronto important? The people that owned the hotel, Toronto Hotel at the time, they had the railway line built to bring customers down to their hotel. So it was political? <laughs> no, it wasn't political, it was tourist. Tourism, tourism. okay, tourism. so it was tourism. So they built it, they built the line, the people that owned the pub built the line. Oh, wow, okay. And uh, it was a tram line and then it was developed and developed and developed and finally the railways took it over and uh, it's still here today. When did it stop running? Was it 10th of March? 10th of March in 1990. So it's a little bit short of 100 years wow. that it was running. And then the Historical Society took over the lease on, the, on this building and we've been here ever since looking after it and having the collection grow and grow and grow. And the problem of categorising it is also all, growing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love it. I don't want people to throw their stuff away. You know, sure. they're important stuff. So they're memories. You know, so uh, we end up with it, and then it becomes our problem. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a lot of value, like nostalgic value, but also historical value in the items that are here. You know, to release that value in these items requires some kind of categorising and organising and. Yeah. Making them available and accessible. Yeah, make them accessible to um, more people. Right. So how can people get involved? They could come down here on a Wednesday and uh, join us. We're here every Wednesday, say 10 o'clock in the morning would be a nice time. Make your cup of tea and uh, choose a project or yeah, come and talk to us about it. You know, any other time. Bring us up on our mobile phone and uh, And the an types of projects, have you, you've had projects here in the past, have you? Yes, we did a big history book on this west side of the lake. So it was a whole book and there was lots of people involved in that. We used to do, I don't know, there's been other things over all the years, different displays and things like that here. We just, in a small way, we engaged in a little project recently with a, a, a person locally who purchased the old station master's cottage. And it just happens that another person had not long ago purchased the station master's cottage out at Awaba and they were very close plan. They're near identical buildings as often the railways buildings are when they're for a purpose, they're, they're near identical. So we were able to find some early photographs um, of the cottage uh, because the person's interested in uh, quite a lot of restoration as well as the modernisation. So... So stepping back a bit from some of the alterations that have been done over recent years, uh, but maintaining a modernisation whilst restoring the character of the of the cottage from ex certainly externally. So th that's the sort of project that we have got engaged with from time to time. We don't call it a it's not a big project, but it's it's what we are to a lot of people just a, a port of call for more information, they come back to refine that information perhaps. In the meantime, have found more information to, comp to add to that. Uh, so it can build from there. We can refer people to other sources as well, of course, like the local ph photography collections that are held by the City Council, by uh, Newcastle 
university, people like that. And there are very large collections growing around the place. We have one of the smaller ones, as it happens, despite having thousands of photographs here. It's very interesting. Another project was the reunion of um, people that used to work at the Wanji Power Station. Yes. It's shut down a long time ago, and there were um, and the chap was um, organising a reunion of former staff members, and they came here because we've got some information and photographs and things that of the Wanji Power Station, and that helped with his reunion being able to put them up on a you know a, a screen make do like a powerpoint presentation of um of things so you get involved with that so, uh, these inquiries turn up and uh, it sends us scurrying all over the place um diving in boxes to uh, get uh, get information for people and you know it's, it's great to see them happy and when, uh, when we've been able to give them something they didn't know existed. Well, I could sit here talking to you guys all day, but just want to thank you for your time, James and Pat. It's been really interesting, and I'll put the information on the show notes about how they, people can contact you and if they want to get involved in, in the society and helping out and categorising those photographs or if they have interesting projects that they can come along and see you. That would be wonderful. Indeed. Thank you. You've been listening to Citizen. 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 Citizen Science. Citizen Science Show.